Chairwoman, Ranking Member and members of the subcommittee. Thank you for the opportunity to testify on behalf of the National Indian Health Board. In our language, chante washte nampe chiyuzapi means I greet you with a good heart. My name is Janet Alkire. I am the chairwoman of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. I'm also the Great Plains representative for the National Indian Health Board. I'm here today with a heavy heart. I prayed this morning, this hearing doesn't bring me to tears. As I think about my people back home, I think about all the health problems that go untreated. Even preventable diseases become life-threatening. I think about my people living in pain and spending way too much time fighting to get the smallest amount of health care, and there is no other option. How many hearings do we have to have here before Congress does something, before this subcommittee does something? The health of Indian people is getting worse, not better. We have the lowest life expectancy, Chair, Madam Chair, and you just described it also. Between 2019, our expectancy fell. 65 is two years before the Social Security retirement age. We are dying before we can even get a full Social Security check. Most Americans are planning for years of retirement, grandkids, grandchildren. Indian people are surviving day to day. We live in the richest country in the world, a country that was built on our lands and resources. We signed treaties, agreements. We reserved our homelands and agreed to give up vast lands and resources in exchange for programs and services from the United States. We exchanged our lands for healthcare. I'm here to say the United States and Congress is breaking these treaties. I'm talking about all of us sitting here together. In this room, we all need to talk to other members of Congress to take action together. Tribal nations fought and negotiated to reserve our lands. We did not take these agreements lightly. It is time for the United States to live up to the, its end of the bargain. This is not a hard problem to solve. We need a surge in funding, as you mentioned, to bring IHS to modern health care standards. And then Congress must increase annual IHS funding three times just the same as everyone in the United States. We need basic facilities and services. We need hospitals, clinics, and you described many. We need surgical care, maternity wards, ambulances, dialysis, CT scans, the same equipment and health care that everyone else receives. The IHS hospital at Standing Rock is more than 60 years old. It is falling apart and lacks space for life-saving equipment. We recently purchased a CT scan with our own limited funds. There was no room and we had to build it in the back entry to the building. But we do what we have to do, right? Our babies cannot be born on our reservation. Mothers have to leave their support network, their families, sometimes the dads, definitely the grandmothers behind and travel over 75 miles to deliver a baby. 
I have a story I wish I could share to you, but I know time is limited. But if we get time, I would love to share a cultural story relating to this. Our reservation, on our reservation, they don't fill cavities. They pull teeth. Our members line up at 6 a.m. in a freezing winter, hoping they will get one of four dental appointments at 7 o'clock covered in blankets so they can stand in line. If you don't get those four, you're out. You don't get it. We expect to lose our teeth, not get them fixed. We finally have four dentists, which I learned yesterday, but no dental assistance. I know we have made some small progress in recent years. In 2010, as you mentioned, the Indian Healthcare Improvement Act, special diabetes program for Indians, but we need to continue to work on these things. Congress must provide mandatory funding for IHS. Our treaties are the law of the land. The United States commitment to Indian health care is the same as the commitment to veterans, which I am proudly a United States Air Force veteran. Second, Congress must permanently reauthorize the special diabetes program for Indians before it expires in September of this year. The program should be funded at a minimum of 250 annually. Third, contract support costs and 105 leasing funds must be mandatory and paid in full. We cannot run health facilities and health programs on uncertain budgets. Finally, IHS must recruit and retain professional health care. These are all important, but what's really needed is right in front of us. Congress must live up to its treaty commitments, bring IHS facilities to modern standards, and increase the funding. After this hearing, I will return home to our financially starved Indian Health Service hospital covered in snow and running on boiler heat and below freezing temperatures. I will give all my time and energy to help my people in need working my vision for a new medical facility. As you mentioned, that list is very old. And I will be waiting. I will be waiting for this subcommittee and Congress to finally take action. Congress must pay its overdue debts and provide American Indians and Alaska Natives the health care we deserve and the health care we were promised. Pilamaya, thank you. Thank you. I thank the witness for your testimony, and the chair now recognizes Ms. Geraldine Church for five minutes. <laughs> 